Hello everyone, my name is David Smith and this is once again the Armchair Commentary. I wanted to let you know that we're going to be taking a little bit of a different approach to things. So right now I wanted to start by saying thank you for sticking with me for these past three years. If you are looking for your current up-to-date sports content, I am not going to be covering the day-to-day stuff as much anymore. More focusing on historical games and moments that have happened in the past, obviously historical. Um, and it's it, we're going to be focusing on some big ones, some you may know, some you may not. Uh, and honestly, I'm pretty excited about it. So if you're still here with me after this, I thank you. If you're new to the podcast, thank you for tuning in. Uh, don't forget to hit that subscribe button, share with your friends, check me out on all the socials, and thank you once again for uh, for being here for this relaunching of the Armchair Commentary. So without further ado, the brand new first episode of the relaunch, Season 4, Building America's Team. The Herschel Walker trade. The world of sports looked a whole lot different in 1989. Nick Faldo was winning the Masters. The Oakland A's were World Series champions. The Detroit Pistons were the kings of the hard court. And on the ice, the Calgary Flames and Lanny McDonald's mustache had just beaten the Montreal Canadiens to win the Stanley Cup. On the gridiron, however, was the San Francisco 49ers who were the toast of the league, riding high on the West Coast offense of Bill Walsh and looking unbeatable atop their throne. The Broncos were doing their best to foil them, but it was San Francisco's league, let's not pretend otherwise. Jerry Rice and Joe Montana, the dynamic duo most people enjoyed watching, but on the East Coast, of course, we wanted to see some Dan Marino and maybe some Lawrence Taylor, although there was not a whole lot of spectacular around Marino. He still did quite a bit with it. At this time in the NFL, there was a movement happening. A surprise, a shock. A new owner who was brash, let's be honest, pretty rich, wanted to make a splash. Jerry Jones has just bought the Dallas Cowboys and felt the need to revamp the team after a few consecutive years of missing the playoffs. The Cowboys had won the Super Bowl twice prior to the Jones era, 1971 under their first and at this point only coach Tom Landry. The quarterback, of course, was Roger Staubach. And then again in 1977 with Tony Dorsett and Randy White, still with Landry at the helm. But in 1989, a departure from all of that tradition and class. Gone were the days of the hat. The dead ball era was over. This, the new NFL, belonged to guys like Joe Montana, like John Elway. This was Boomer Esiason's NFL. This was Dan Marino's NFL. This was Lawrence Taylor's NFL. And the Cowboys didn't really have any way to compete in that NFL. They wanted to recapture some of the love from the Staubach era. They needed new blood and they needed to retool. But how do you fix an entire team so quickly? Well, you start by inserting a new hotshot coach. Jimmy Johnson was a far cry from the stoic Tom Landry. Jimmy came from the U. After transforming the University of Miami program into champions, 
wasn't just any job either. They were a hard-nosed team, team that got stuff done. Just become the second coach in Dallas Cowboys history. This was not any old job that he had just taken. This was the job. All right, so step one in rebuilding one of the most recognized teams in all of sports, new hotshot coach. And Miami Vice was a far cry from Dallas, but Coach Johnson was up to the task. So what do you do with an underperforming team? The Hall of Famer, a running back, wide receiver, quarterback. Well, you go for a run. Peloton would love this. So you go for a run and you think to yourself, I'm going to trade Michael Irvin. And you call up Al Davis and you say, I'm going to give you Michael Irvin. You're welcome. So what does Al Davis say? <sighs> Jimmy, I really appreciate that. That's super nice of you. I really uh, would love to have Michael Irvin, but who's going to catch passes for you? Al being the great man that he is, talked him out of it. Well, Jimmy thought about that and he said, well, I guess if the only chip I have left is Herschel Walker, who would take Herschel Walker? Well, finding a trade partner for Herschel Walker shouldn't be difficult. After all, we're talking about one of the greatest running backs around at the time. Are we serious here? Well, I mean, who wouldn't want that? Anybody would love it player the caliber of Walker on their team. So you ask for a king's ransom. This is the only way to do this. You ask for the most amount that you could possibly get for this. So you start calling teams and you say team A is going to give me two picks and a guy and a pick from next year. What are you going to give me? Well, eventually that call ended up on the ears of the owner of the Minnesota Vikings. And Jerry Jones told him, I'm going to trade Herschel Walker to the Cleveland Browns if you don't let me know by 6.30 p.m. tonight. Before 6.30 p.m. had hit, Jerry had a fax in hand. So outside of Walker, who was involved? Well, we are talking about the largest trade in NFL history, so you'll have to forgive me, it is a long list. But let's start with the players the Cowboys received. Linebacker Jesse Solomon. Linebacker David Howard. Cornerback Isaac Holt. And defensive end Alex Stewart. So that's Solomon, Howard, Holt, Stewart. I reset their names for a reason. Here come the picks. Minnesota gave up their first, second, and sixth round pick in 1990. Minnesota also gave up their first in 1991. What is that, you say? It's conditional on cutting Solomon. A second in 91. Conditional on cutting Howard. A first in 92. Conditional on cutting Holt. Minnesota second in 92. Conditional on uh, moving Nelson. And their third uh, in 92. Conditional on cutting Stewart. That's a ton to unpack here, but as the infomercials say. But wait, there's more. Minnesota received Herschel Walker, Dallas's third pick in 1990. The San Diego Chargers' fifth round pick from 1990, Dallas's tenth round pick in 90, 
and Dallas's third round pick in 1991. And yeah, you heard me right, the San Diego Chargers received Darren Nelson for all their troubles getting involved in this mess. Uh, otherwise hilarious footnote to the largest trade in NFL history. Now this is where the most ingenious part of this trade comes into play. Coach waved Stewart in November. The trade happened in October. He waved Stewart in November. So, all right, one condition already met. And then he told his coaches, hey, you don't start any of the other three players acquired in this deal. And why he did that was he wanted to signal to the rest of the league that, hey, we're going after the picks. Well, Minnesota didn't love this, but guess what? They somehow managed to keep the players and the picks. At the end of the day, the Cowboys got a King's Ransom for Herschel Walker, and they ended up with three players who cemented themselves as important pieces to what became a kind of a dynasty in the 90s. Emmett Smith, Darren Woodson, and Russell Merrill. With those three players and a team built to contend, the Cowboys went from one of the worst teams around to a Super Bowl winner. Three championships in the 90s, a reinvigorated fan base after a few tough years, and forgiveness after trading away a super stud running back. I know what you're asking, what about the Minnesota Vikings? Did anything good happen to the Vikings? Well, on the other side of the coin, the Minnesota Vikings are yet to make a Super Bowl appearance. Walker played two seasons with the Vikings before moving on. He eventually made his way back to the Cowboys, although it's been tough sledding for the franchise ever since this trade. And only time will tell if Dalvin Cook and Justin Jefferson are the changing of the tide. I like them both, FYI, but only time will tell. And as for the Cowboys, well, this year has been a fun year if you're a Cowboys fan. Dak and Zeke and CeeDee Lamb and Micah Parsons have reinvigorated this fan base once again. They have a ton of hope and optimism and look like they have a team that can compete, maybe even for a championship. They may not be the super crazy perennial favorites that had Emmett Smith in the backfield, Michael Irvin catching passes, but they're certainly a threat. And who knows if this year might be the year that we have fans shout, how about them Cowboys? And that does it for this week's episode of the Armchair Commentary. Music for this episode was provided by Upbeat.com. You can find links to all three tracks in the description of this episode. There is a previous event, a historic event, a crazy team that you would like me to cover. Please reach out to me on social media. You can find me at Armchair Commentary, at Armchair Common 2. Last but not least, I want to thank everyone who's stuck with me for these past three and a bit years. It has been a crazy up and down ride from pre-pandemic fun to post-pandemic nonsense to re-pandemic everything. I just want to thank you all for checking me out and staying with me throughout this crazy journey. 
If you are looking for merchandise, we have it available at rubbubble.com. You can search Armchair Commentary. You can also go to tpublic.com, search Armchair Commentary. And if you're looking for a live shot of me, I am doing Sunday football, uh, fantasy football with the team over at the Sportsocracy as a contributor there. So don't forget to head over to the Sportsocracy and on YouTube and hit that subscribe button. If you're feeling like it, you can join the Hall of Reprehensibles. It has been an interesting week in the world of sports. Can't wait to do it again next time. Thank you so much for listening. Appreciate you much. Have a happy new year. Thank you.